Welcome to So You Want to Move to the Country and Raise Goats. This is a podcast about change. Change is all around us, and sometimes we're ready for it, and sometimes we're not. When it overwhelms us, well, we just want to move to the country and raise goats. This podcast features stories from people who have gone through change. We hope that their insights will help you better understand and deal with the changes in your life. I'm Peggy Koenig, and along with my co-host, Catherine Greiba, we chat with insightful people with interesting change stories. We hope you enjoy our podcast. Our guest today is Jacqueline Mann, and Jacqueline has been on a 20-year journey with her health. She was diagnosed as a young person with Crohn's disease and talked to us about how she described it. She was on her deathbed at one point and went through three significant surgeries until it got to the point where this was not working and she had to find something on her own that was going to fix her. Yeah. Yeah. She, she went as far as she could with, with uh, traditional medicine and then decided she would have to take it on herself to see what else was out there. And this is quite a, a change for, for Jacqueline because she's an engineer and she likes to deal with, with uh, research and data. And she started down the road of investigating alternative therapies and was very open to it and actually tried a number of different modalities and found something that helped her. And she talks today about how she has more alignment with herself, her personal life, and her career than she ever has. And while it's still a work in process, she is in a much better space today than she was five, 10 years ago. We're joined today by Jacqueline Mann. And Jacqueline is an engineer and worked for a number of years for SAS Power and recently made a job change. But Jacqueline, I understand that you had uh, some changes in your life that also led you to your change in careers. Can you tell us about that? Yes, I can. Thanks, Catherine. Yeah, so I did work with SAS Power for almost 16 years. And um, really, this journey you know, started quite a while ago, actually what triggered it was um, health issues. So I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was young. I think I was about 19. So I've really been on a healing journey ever since then. But more recently, so over the years, I've had, you know, three surgeries, major surgeries, and each one was kind of worse than the last. There's always more issues, the more surgeries you have and more complications that kind of thing. And um, I got to the point after my third surgery where I was out of options and there really wasn't much more Western medicine could do for me. And that was like a, a really kind of scary place to be. And so that was kind of the moment that I needed to take responsibility for my health on my own. I'm going to take you back a little bit to when you first had your diagnosis at the age of 19. I can only imagine, well, maybe I can't, I, I, I would, maybe you could tell us what it's like uh, to deal with information like that. Like that's a big change for a 19 year old. What was that like for you? Um, to be honest, I think the problem started when I was around 13 or like at least the 
chronic pain. And so uh, my mom also ha- had been diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And um, I think somewhere in the back of my mind, I probably knew that was probably the case of what was going on with me. But you're kind of just like when you're young, you're in denial and you think, oh, it's fine. And it happens so gradually too that you don't even realize how bad things are. And so by the time they diagnosed me, I basically had to go into surgery right away because it was so um, obstructed. I basically had a bowel obstruction. And so, yeah, and, and I guess like not shocked, but at the same time, you it is a bit surprising when you're young because you think you're invincible. And so... Jacqueline, you you mentioned that you ran out of options and it was time for you to take control of your own health. Do you feel that you weren't looking after your own health prior to that? Um, I wouldn't say that I wasn't looking after it, but I had this mindset when I was younger, and I think a lot of people have it if you haven't had health issues before um, of, you know, like it's up to the doctor to kind of fix me you know, they have a solution, they have a medication, they have a procedure, it'll be fine. And so I kind of kept thinking, oh, like, it'll get better. The doctors know what they're doing. Um, And they do, but it never occurred to me until I was kind of, we had gone through every procedure, every medication. I my body rejected a lot of medications so that those are no longer options for me. You know, where when I was told, like, there's not much more we can do and you really can't afford to have another surgery where you're going to end up with an, you know, uh, an ostomy bag. And so that's where it was more like, holy cow, okay, I need to find a different way of doing this. There's, there's gotta be something else out there that can help me. And I kind of just took that responsibility on myself instead of expecting the doctors to help me. Jacqueline, I first met you when you were a coach for to our for our daughter's volleyball team, competitive volleyball. And you struck me as someone who's always fit and looking after herself and healthy. So to the outside world, it didn't, I don't think any of us knew that you had health problems. Did you try to keep that under wraps? Or is that something that just didn't come up a lot? Yeah, it's not that I necessarily try to keep it under wraps. I think I'm actually pretty upfront about it, but it's also not, I try not to make it front and center in my life, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, I, I try to live a quote unquote, I guess, normal life, but you know, when I have flares, I will let people know, like, this is what I'm struggling with. And, um, and it's funny because with Crohn's disease, it shows up so differently in so many people as far as how it impacts them. And, you know, a lot of people lose a bunch of weight and that was never really me. I've always been pretty stable with my weight. I'll lose a little bit maybe, but nothing noticeable. And so even when I was at my sickest, I would often hear like, oh, you look so good. you like, you look so healthy, you know? So it was really deceiving. So what, what helped you bear down to, to get through all these surgeries? And there has to be some kind of, um, a resilience or a a constitution that says, yes, we can do this and and let's, let's move ahead. So what was, uh, how did you do that? How did you keep strong? How did you develop resilience? Oh, that's a good question, Peggy. I think resilience comes through experience, through kind of over the years when you have a chronic illness 
you know, I was in and out of the hospital a lot here and there. Sometimes it would just be an emergency room visit. Sometimes it would be a bit of a longer stay if there was something major. Um, and it kind of just becomes your normal, to be honest. Like you start, it's not even like a big deal. And I think the other thing too, is you look around when you're in the hospital and you think like, wow, I'm pretty lucky. You know, there's a lot of people much worse off than I am. Things could always be worse. But now me looking back, I was in a pretty bad situation, but I think it's just like you focus on the positive, whatever will get you through, you know, just looking for, I just knew in my mind that things had to get better. Like this can't be all there is to life. So on that note, you, I understand that you, on your healing journey, you also looked at there was more to your healing than, than your body, but your life as a whole, how did that happen? And what did that kind of look like? Yeah. So I was pretty much open to any and all healing modalities out there. I was not only was I kind of just curious and interested to see like, what is this about? Um, And because I'm like very science minded with my engineering background, I just wanted to learn more and also like does this work does this not work um and also because I didn't really have any other options you know it was like I'll try anything once type thing and so um I tried it pretty much every modality you can think of at least once I had really good success working with a naturopath to kind of just you know help me with my nutrition issues um kind of get me baselined and then from there I started working when I started seeing a lot of changes was when I started doing, uh, it's called body talk and I hadn't ever heard of it before, but a friend of mine started doing it. And she had just said, you know, she never really forced it on me, but she said, if you're ever, you know, in need, let me know and I'll see what I can do. And, uh, I basically at one point was in like a crisis mode and I had no other options. And so I called her up and I said, Hey, um, I would like to try this. I don't know what this is. And the first session I had with her was just mind blowing. I felt like she, I felt like I was at a psychic, like the things that she knew about me, um, I I was just in shock. And so then I was like, oh, I got to I got to learn more. So tell us a little bit more about body talk. I'm quite intrigued by this. Like, how does it work? What, what is it? (laughs) Um, so it was actually, uh, developed by a man named Dr. John Beltime. Um, I don't know a ton about his personal story. I know he was a child that grew up with a lot of health issues. He ended up, I think, becoming, um, a chiropractor possibly he's from Australia. And then, um, through that work, he actually developed this other system of, um, it's basically just using uh, like muscle testing. I don't know if you've ever heard of that to get responses from that, you know, that person's subconscious of what their body needs. So the premise is everyone's body knows what it needs to heal. It's just that you need to let it give it what it needs to do that job. And sometimes you need to kind of get out of the way of that yourself. Cause we put up a lot of blocks um, to our own healing um, with some of our subconscious beliefs that we don't even know that we have that we learned maybe in childhood. Wow. And does that take a lot of practice to do? Um, yeah, so I actually ended up taking a level one course myself. So I've been working with this practitioner um, for years. 
And I finally was like, I got to learn how she does this. And so I took the level one course and it is very like, um, it's very laid out, mapped out, you know, you go through this section, then this section, then this section, then there's kind of all different areas of the body. Um, but you have to like have it all memorized. And then as you progress and learn as a practitioner, there's all kinds of courses you can continue to take. So I've only taken level one just so I had a basic understanding. Um, but yeah, you can get very, very into it. But as a, as a patient, it's super relaxing and easy. You don't have to do anything. Um, even if you don't believe in it, it still works. So that's the cool thing. Like she gets tons of people who are super skeptical, um, but they still see results. So I find that interesting. It's kind of, it's based on quantum physics and not Newtonian physics which is, you know, what Western medicine is, is more. So did you find that you, your family and your friends really supported you on this journey as you tried alternative approaches? Yes. Um, hundred percent. My family has always supported me. They've definitely been my rock and my husband and my son. Um, I think at times they don't really understand, you know, what it is I'm doing exactly, but they can't deny that they've seen huge results, huge improvements within my health. I actually right now am no longer on any medication at all. And, um, you know, when I was younger, I definitely was told like, you'll be on this medication for the rest of your life. And so, you know, not to say that maybe in the future, I'll have to go back on something and that's okay too. Medication isn't bad or anything. Um, when you need it, it's great. It's just that I didn't want to have to rely on it forever. So Jacqueline, you've recently had or made a career change. Have these changes in your health and your approach and how you're feeling, has that also helped you make some decisions in your professional life? Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting. I started doing body talk and some of these other modalities, um, with the intent of improving my health and slowly, but surely over time, it was kind of like, you look back and you realize like, Whoa, I haven't, that hasn't been an issue anymore. You know, like that hasn't flared up in a while. I don't need, I haven't needed this medication in months now. Um, so it's kind of like this gradual improvement. There was no one point where it was just like, Oh, I'm cured, you know? Um, but it was kind of like slow and steady. And then I also noticed that other things were shifting in my life as my health was improving. So, um, you know, people, maybe people that I used to hang out with, you know, I kind of, we just stopped hanging out or stopped seeing each other and new people would come into my life that I really, um, was on the same page with that, you know, we had similar interests and, um, things were just e things that I used to struggle with got easier. Um, I didn't seem to struggle as much, even just like my day-to-day, you know, tasks, I, I started having more joy and happiness again. It was so long. I didn't even realize that I, I hadn't been happy in so long. And so along with that, I started realizing that, you know, where I was in my career, I started questioning, like, is this what I want? Can I do this forever? Like what's next, you know, and just started asking some of those questions too. It sounds like the body talk, just the way you're describing it, is is really a mindfulness of what you're thinking and paying attention to your surroundings and your and yourself. 
Is that right? Do I have, is it, is that what it yeah. is? Yeah, 100%. So yeah, it really is about mindfulness. And I know that's a word that gets thrown a little around mm-hmm. a lot lately. And I'm really only just kind of starting to understand what that actually encompasses and, and what it means. But um, so with body talk, you know, there's these underlying belief systems that we have that um, are no longer serving us, or they might be um, totally contradictory. And so, um, and we don't even know they're there. And if you heard them out loud, you'd say, well, I don't believe that. But actually, you know, you had some experience when you were young where that with your child brain, where that was formed. And until you can kind of like resolve those, you're going to continue to struggle with the same, you'll see the same themes coming up in your life. And so, um, yeah, what it does is just kind of resolve those, those issues. And, and what I've learned is like how we do one thing is how we do everything. So, you know, if you struggle with, I don't know, something simple, like, uh, like for me, for an example, I would take on everything. So I, I felt like it was my responsibility to solve people's problems to, you know, if a task needed to be done, I would do it, things like that. But so, you know, I do that at my work, I do that at home, I do that in my personal life, I do that in my coaching. And pretty soon I'm overwhelmed, I can't, you know, I, there's a lack of boundaries there type thing. And so it's just kind of learning and understanding those different aspects of you. And it's not that it's wrong. It's just that there's other ways that I can do something. I don't always have to rely on that same, um, you know, uh, technique or really what is, is a coping mechanism that I learned when I was young and I never learned that there's other ways to do things. So it sounds like this, this was quite a process for you. It didn't just happen overnight. This, this enhanced state of awareness and actually listening to your body and and your mind so it sounds like to make that change it was a process it took some time am I right yeah oh yeah this definitely happened um you know I've probably been doing a lot more kind of focused healing work for the last I don't know four ish years or more maybe four to five years um and it was only just recently that I actually had a shift in careers um, because as I was healing, you know, um, resolving these beliefs within my body and healing these issues within my life and uh, at work, at home, I could see the shifts actually in my work. That was one of the first places where it was really easy to see changes um, and things that I used to struggle with on a daily basis. I realized I no longer was having an issue with. Um, so that was really interesting, but it really was, um, me learning how to listen to my inner wisdom because for so long I had just been doing what I thought everyone else expected of me. And, you know, like I, I had these beliefs of how my career needed to look and what kind of work I had to do and, you know, all those things. Um, and so it was really when I stopped and asked myself, like, what does Jacqueline want? Does she even want this? Like, does this even feel right for her? And I found out I had been so far out of alignment um, that, you know, once I started listening to that and getting back into alignment, that's when a lot of healing really started to happen. So Jacqueline, do you think that your Crohn's disease was a result of that lack of alignment to start with? 
I do. I mean, obviously there is a um, genetic predisposition aspect, but, you know, I'm sure my, my brothers would have similar predispositions to that and they didn't end up with Crohn's disease. So like, why me? Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we know it's autoimmune and all that stuff, but the doctors can't really tell me why I have Crohn's disease. Like they can't pinpoint it exactly. Um, but what I have learned is for me personally, and I think it may be different for everyone. Um, and maybe, you know, wherever your weakness is genetically, that's where the disease shows up. But, um, it was that I really wasn't listening to my inner truth. I was kind of seeking that validation externally from everyone else. Um, you know, I was like the, the honor roll student all through high school and the valedictorian for my class. And, um, but I wasn't getting my validation or internally. And I now looking back, I can see how, you know, that caused a lot of illness for me. And so now you said you're in a, you're happy, you find joy and your career has changed. You've, do you feel overall you're just in better alignment with your inner self? Yes. Yeah, I am. I think this is like, a, you know, it's still a journey that I will always continue to be on um, because I think, you know, there's cer certain themes that we kind of get tested on throughout our lives um, by the universe or whatever you want to call, you know, that higher power. Um, and for, for me, I think it is, I get tested on um, boundaries, on not working too much. And so now that I've learned to kind of put myself first um, instead of everyone else and my career and, and all that stuff, um, I have really seen some, some large shifts and it's, I have a lot more freedom now. I have a lot more autonomy. And for me, that's how I work best. Um, you know, I'm in a, in a, position now. I'm still doing engineering work, but it's for a consulting firm and I'm, you know, in charge of the energy team for Saskatchewan. And so I can build my team how I want. I can pick the projects that we do, all that kind of stuff. And so um, that's just been really freeing for me. You know, Jacqueline, that whole concept of putting yourself first, which is something many of us were never raised like that, you know, and, and, I can only imagine that there might have been some guilt about doing that, or was that part of your process in moving past that? Because, I mean, I was certainly taught that to give, give, give um, to likely to the detriment of yourself was the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. So that is part of the healing that I realized. So I had those same belief systems, you know, um, it's better to give than to receive all those old cliches. Right. Um, and I think in our society, we have it backwards where, you know, we have this negative connotation around selfish and really selfish can be a great thing. You know, that just means putting yourself first. And if you aren't doing that, you don't have anything left to give to anyone else. Um, and I, you know, learned that the hard way. I literally was like at death's door in a hospital bed before I realized that I need to make some changes in my life. And it was very hard and I still struggle. Um, 
at times to do that. And it doesn't have to be, um, yeah, I just, I think we have it so backwards how we think of selfish and then we, we praise people for being selfless, but that really means like, what does selfless mean? That actually means like losing yourself, right? Like, um, I don't want that for anyone. And I don't want that for the next generation. I want them to know you need to put yourself first. And then that's how you can help all these other people, right? Like if you give away everything, then you have nothing left. Yeah. That's so interesting because I, I like to go on and on about how society puts us in boxes with expectations around how we act and, and the things that we do, for instance, just getting on the treadmill and not being aware really of what's going on with yourself. And I think, I think that someday I hope that there's a, enough of a change out there that people begin to realize that that is not a healthy way to live. Yes. Yeah. And when I say selfish, I just want to point out that for me, putting myself first meant just things like stopping to eat my lunch during the workday. I was that person who I would often, you know, when things get busy, I would just forget to eat lunch or skip lunch because, Oh, I'm too busy. Got too much on the go. You know, I'd always answer the phone when someone was calling and needed something. I would never say no, even if it maybe wasn't in my best interest. And so putting yourself first just means if you actually don't want to do something, just be upfront and honest saying, no, I, you know, no, thank you. I am not able to do that today, but you know, I appreciate you asking and people are fine with that. I think it's just that we haven't been taught how to do that really. Yeah. You just, you went through a long list of things like just, you know, the things that we do on a daily basis, how we, we don't say no, how we don't stop to take care of ourselves, to have lunch. You know, it's, it's those kinds of things that I think really contribute to an unhealthy situation. And so many people are on that treadmill. Yeah. Yeah. It's just little things that build up over time and you create these habits. And I think when you see other people doing the same thing, it kind of reinforces the belief that, oh yeah, that's right. And you might not see that, you know, like me, I was actually really, really sick and really unhealthy. And that actually wasn't working for me at all, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I had to find a different way. And so that's kind of why I wanted to tell my story today. Cause I feel like there's a lot of people out there who may be struggling with the same, you know, issues. So, so Jacqueline, tell us, tell us more about what insights you have about change. You've had remarkable change and totally for the better. So as you've gone through those, what are some of those insights you'd like to share with our listeners? I think that, you know, change is always kind of scary just because it's the unknown, but you just need to trust that change is always for the better. Even if it looks at the time, like it is a terrible thing. You know, when I think back to some of the, you know, quote unquote, worst moments of my life or the hardest moments of my life, um, if they hadn't happened, you know, looking back now there, I would say that was the most important moment of my life. And I'm so grateful that I, you know, had those surgeries and ended up in the hospital with no other options and scared for my life. Um, Even though at the time it was very scary, but if, you know, if that hadn't happened to force me to find a different way to do things, I wouldn't be where I am today. And 
um, I would have just been able to continue, you know, status quo on the treadmill of life and not being very happy or healthy or any of that stuff. So I just think you need to just have faith that things will work out how they need to. And, you know, everything's always working out for your highest good and just trust that, you know, whatever situation you're being thrust into at the time is what is needed. And and there's always a lesson in everything. So that's what I've learned along my healing journey is when something happens, that's like uncomfortable or something like that. It's, I understand now that, okay, there's something I need to see here that I need to resolve within myself that I am not seeing. And so, you know, when you stop listening, the universe only will give you that message louder and louder until you hear it. And so that's why, you know, with me being out of alignment, not listening to my inner truth, it took me in a hospital um, on my deathbed, basically, to wake up and realize that, whoa, there's a message here that I have not been paying attention to. That's a great story, Jacqueline. I'm I'm so happy that you joined us today to share that, uh, because I think it's a story that a lot of people need to hear about the treadmill and what kind of harm that can do to you over time. Yeah, you know, I just think um, if there is something in your life or someone or whatever that is that you're not happy with, um, it's it's okay to be honest with yourself. That was the, one of the scariest things for me was to really admit, like, actually, this doesn't make me happy. And then what? Because I've put so many years of my life into this. And, you know, now what do I do? Um <laughs> you know, but just trust that sometimes just asking those questions is the first step and then the answers will come. You know, it's true. Eckhart Tolle in his book, uh, The Power of Now talks about in any situation, you either leave it, accept it or change it. And, but in any of those options, you, you, you then need to move on. You can't keep on this path of always being angry and frustrated you have three options and choose one and go with it so what I hear from you is you you really changed it you changed the way you thought about yourself your body and it's really helped you in your alignment with your true self yeah a hundred percent and it's interesting um as I was you know going through this process and I knew that I needed to change but I didn't know what that was and you know, I had some ideas and I had actually committed to, I had a chat with my husband. I, I came home from work one day and I said, you know, I just, I need something different. And, and I had committed to, you know, going back to school and taking something different that I had thought about when I was younger, but, you know, I, I had chose engineering instead. And as soon as I made that commitment that this is what I was going to do, um, lo and behold, a headhunter contacted me and said, Hey, you're the perfect candidate for this job that we have like are you interested and um at the time I was like oh I don't know much but I you know sure tell me more that is basically exactly what I had asked for um when I was kind of frustrated and and um I just thought it was so I told I was telling my friend that story and I said yeah it was so interesting like as soon as I committed to going back to school all of a sudden you know this job opportunity appeared and she said no 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 you didn't commit to going back to school, you committed to change. That's what that was. And I was like, oh yes, I can see that. I was 100% committed to changing 
that my career um, and that's how it showed up for me so if you've learned just one thing about change while listening to this podcast please subscribe on apple or spotify and share with a friend this episode recorded via zoom audio producers peggy kanik and katherine griba executive producer kanik leadership advisory Theme music, La Pompeii, written by Chris Harrington, music publisher, Invato Market. For information on this podcast and to purchase some fabulous goat merchandise, please visit www.getyourgoat.ca.